This is the John Favreau's My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, top of the morning to you, Jessica. <laughs> it's a lovely Sunday. Well, now it's afternoon. It's past 12, but yeah. still, we had a lovely morning together yeah i went and pr- actually i didn't go i sent aaron to go and purchase <laughs> some <laughs> western bagels some of the best bagels in the west best in the west best in the west <laughs> um their cream cheese is top notch it's top like notch. this whipped cream cheese it's not too sweet but it's not too like plain you know F- philadelphia cream cheese is very like plain tasting oh i love it i hate philadelphia cream it's very cheese. cheesy it's disgusting mm. well to each their own. It's not my vibe. It's all right. That's okay. I'm also just not like a cream or like a um, cheesecake person. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like cream cheese is the number one ingredient in, in cheesecake, right? I don't know. Yes. Probably. The answer is yes. I've never made a cheesecake. I've never made a cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Monica? I heard you had a hard night last night. I had a really difficult, difficult night. I was sitting on the couch eating uh, sushi. Sushi. Yeah. Um, it, there's this like great all you can eat sushi place. It's called Icon Sushi here Icon. in Pasadena. It's delicious. My favorite sushi of all time, though, is Sugarfish Sushi. Sugarfish. Um, I'm very jealous that you're going there tonight, Jessica. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and, and not taking me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but basically, I was eating on the couch, and um, I I sort of like moved positions a little bit with my body, and that caused me to like like breathe in. Uh huh. <laughs> And like choked, <laughs> choked on a piece of like albacore sushi uh-huh. that I had like, cause I had not like, um, I hadn't chewed it properly. It was Good. still kind of like sitting there. Okay. <laughs> and I just choked on a piece of it and I almost died. Learned lots of lessons. And I was just like hacking for like a solid minute oh, of no. my life. And I like couldn't breathe for like 20 seconds. Did Aaron have to Heimlich you? No, he did not know. And he literally said in the moment, I don't know the Heimlich. I just started <laughs> whacking my back with his open palm. I mean, that's something. And so after a while, it was really, uh, it was really great because I finally got to like breathe because it got like dislodged Uh from my throat and I like swallowed it. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, this is so disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm glad you survived. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. uh, I took a very quick break to look up an episode of the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Yes. um, Because uh, Jessica's, nephew lucas <laughs> watches mickey mouse clubhouse Mosca, mickey mouse and it's just it's just if you've ever like seen an episode like if you have small uh either siblings or, or young nieces or nephews yeah like, i have a nephew he used to watch the shit out of the mickey mouse clubhouse it's a pretty good show it's actually pretty entertaining if yeah. i do this to myself there's a lot of like self-deprecation in it it's <laughs> It's very good for young minds. My my younger half brothers, when they were little, they're like 18 and 20 now. Mm-hmm. But when they were little, they watched Little Einsteins. And because Little of that, Einstein. I know the entire theme song. Still. Oh my God, sing it for us. Please. <laughs> well, at least I know part of it. The, we're going on a trip in our, our favorite rocket ship. So we do the skies. Little, Little Einsteins. Einstein. Oh boy. <laughs> Climb aboard, get ready to explore. There's so much to find. Little light sides, little light sides. Yeah. 
these kids uh, shows slap. They like, used to, but now like, all these fucking children watch Coco Melon and I yeah, want to slap fuck them. Fuck Coco Melon. It's all about the Backyardigans. That theme song slapped. <laughs> yes. Are you kidding me? And also like, the songs that they used to sing, period. Oh I mean, there's God. a reason why they're all on TikTok now. Exactly. <laughs> it's all coming back. Also, do you remember that point in time? I think we might have been in like high, like either middle school or high school, but everyone would like take... It was when like making trap remixes of things was like really po- like a yes. popular trend. Like they took like the fun song from SpongeBob and made it like a trap remix. Yes. And like the Campfire Song song and like other songs. And they would take like the Backyardigans theme song and the Little Einstein's theme song and like make them into trap tunes yep. on SoundCloud. Yep. It was just <laughs> It was too what much. A time to be alive. It was just too much. Like I don't even. I don't know why people did it, but like people felt the need, and they would play it at like school dances. It's called being entrepreneurial. It's Monica. a whole thing. It's really, all of a sudden, you hear like, <laughs> "We're going on a trip." In the like it was. Just, it's too much. It's too much. Um, but yeah, if uh, if you have kids and they watch they, they watch any of these shows, I commend you all. I I would I would legitimately sit down and watch like. Like the Backyardigans or Little Einsteins again. Yeah, I, I, I would. I mean, like those kid shows from when we were younger or like we're a little old for those. We're old. I think because we had, or at the very least, like I had younger, yeah. I had a younger sibling and I had a nephew. I I was forced to watch a yes. lot of this. And so a lot of it was in the background for me. I think when we were kids, I'm not even really sure what the what the shows were. They were like all Phineas they were all Ferb. the Disney. No, I was I was too old for Phineas and Ferb at least. But like we watched like PB and J Otter and Bear in the Big Blue House. You're absolutely right. Ooh, out of the box. Roly Poly Oli was my Roly Poly Roly Poly Oli. You're right. Um, <laughs> it's just my little brother was obsessed with Phineas and Ferb. That's why I keep I keep saying Phineas yeah. and Ferb is like a, a show that's been around for a long time. It actually hasn't. How long has Phineas and Ferb been around? Two, it came out in 2000. Yeah. Oh, and we were, yeah, it was 12. Definitely Bear in the Big Blue House. Um, the Berenstein Bears. Yes. A lot or of like bears. Dragon Tales. Dra- oh, Dragon Tales was my shit. I didn't have, uh, or at least I didn't know how to access PBS on my television. Oh, so I, I didn't never know, but watched it. They had but like I always knew about this it. show on PBS called like Zoom or mm-hmm. something where they like did science experiments mm-hmm. and like went back and or like tried to go back in time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ooh, ooh, the lion, li- like the librarian lions or whatever the fuck. Do you remember yes, those? Was that another PBS show? That was another PBS show. Yeah. I don't remember. I just remember um, they sound the same, but don't mean the same. <laughs> Homonyms. <laughs> Uh, because it's like the lions, the, I think it's like the literary lions or like the lions in the library or some bullshit. Know. Um, but the, I'm trying to remember like what, like, Ooh, obviously Sesame street, Sesame street all the way. Yes. Elmo's world. Elmo's world. Elmo's world. Mr. Noodle. And like, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> Mr. Noodle was not paid enough. Mr. Noodle. Mr. Noodle was not paid paid nearly enough oh, for wow. putting up with Elmo's bullshit. <laughs> like, not that man should have been drowning in cash. <laughs> Yet you know he was underpaid on that set. <laughs> Wow. Oh, oh my no. God. This is all coming back to me. It's brilliant. I know. It's <laughs> ge- like genuinely, I'm trying to think of like any, just, I think Roly Polioli is like one of those shows that everyone forgets about. And then when someone brings it up, like you see like yes, the, you see the round weird, yellow, yellow robot body. Ooh, Caillou. Caillou was I another one. Caillou. Uh, 
I was like, does this boy, is this boy okay? Why I is love this boy bald? Ka- people still make jokes about Caillou. Oh, oh no. <laughs> He's like still memed. It's so funny. No, poor kid. <laughs> poor Caillou. What was wrong with Caillou? I don't know. Where's his hair? They kept alluding to something being wrong with him, but they never, never watched it. There just never was anything wrong with him. He's a normal Arthur loved arthur arthur was the best the memes that are coming out nowadays about arthur the dw memes she's really a I, meme star i know <laughs> just the fist also like dw what the it's her name <laughs> don't question it um obviously like when we were older there was like hey arnold yeah. I really liked Cat Dog. That was Cat my Dog shit. Cat Dog was great. I liked was Doug. Doug Ooh, was my favorite show. Doug, incredible. Doug so, Funny and his BFF, Skeeter Valentine. Incredible. Ooh, Recess. <laughs> that was the shit. Yep. That was so wow. good. So many good shows. Oh my God. We should do a whole episode dedicated to us just going, you remember that show? Ha <laughs> ha, yeah. <laughs> remember that? Ah. <laughs> uh, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're actually going to talk about someone who has been all over our yeah. childhood and True. all over our adulthood in very different capacities. <laughs> you know her. You might hate her. You might hate her. <laughs> she has been in the MCU. She has been not in the MCU. She is... Honestly, at this point, all that I've said is she could be one of like 40 people now. <laughs> So I don't think I've narrowed it down quite this nearly enough. Who, uh, who could it be? Who's that Pokemon? <laughs> it's like the shape of her body. Like this is why I wish mark. we filmed this podcast because then you could edit in just like her silhouette <laughs> and have it slowly reveal. <laughs> so Jessica, who's that Pokemon? We'll tell you after the break. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know how they used to do that? They'd take you yeah. to a commercial and then they wouldn't show you a commercial. It would come right back. It would and be, be like, like Charizard. <laughs> uh, today's Pokemon is Gwyneth Paltrow. And she makes it sound like Gwyneth. Gwyneth. <laughs> so I'll tell you about our Lord and Savior, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> Gwyneth Kate Paltrow is an American actress, model, businesswoman, singer, mm. author, mm. and casual goddaughter of Steven Spielberg. Oh. She was born and raised in Santa Monica, California, and attended UC Santa Barbara for college before dropping out to act. She made small theater and film appearances through the early 90s until her big feature performance of note in the 1993 film Flesh and Bone, followed by her breakout performance in the 1995 thriller Seven. Oh, what's in the box? (laughs) She quickly became the leading lady of the late 90s, taking on leading roles in five high-profile films just in the year 1998. the best year of all time and winning her oscar for shakespeare in love in 1999 her career slowed a bit in the early 2000s as she took time off to start her family but her role as pepper potts in iron man in 2008 is credited as her return to the public eye in addition to the launch of her lifestyle brand goop in the same year not to be confused with competitor poosh (laughs) 
like Courtney Kardashian. Yes, yes, yes. Don't confuse them. When she isn't sparking controversy for her support of pseudoscience and the effects of things like vaginal steaming and coffee enemas, Daddy Gwyneth is raising her two children, Apple and Moses alongside Coldplay frontman Chris Martin. Yeah! <laughs> Love her or hate her, give it up for Goop Daddy Gwyneth Paltrow! <gasps> oh, boy. God. Okay, first of all... I <laughs> what just, a woman. Okay, before Northwest was Northwest, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was apple there was apple <laughs> there was apple apple was like the first i mean first, she was she wasn't the first celebrity child with a weird name but she's no because the there was, was like, like super widely publicized yeah because there was obviously like river yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like genuinely i don't know what it was but the tabloids the 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 um the tabloids and like the newspapers all like sunk their claws into yes. the fact that she had named uh their child apple yes and it started this entire frenzy and like tr honestly trend like it, it sort of snaked its way backwards and turned into a trend mm -hmm. of all of these celebrities naming their children things like desk and ever bear <laughs> aviator chair <laughs> weird shit plant like they just name these kids insane things and so, like, genuinely, I believe, like, she's, she is genuinely to be credited for, like, the resurgence of naming kids, like, insane things. Weird shit. She's apparently credited with bringing back the color pink, too, which oh, I didn't know. I mean, honestly, yes. I believe it. I absolutely <laughs> To be quite frank with you, okay, this is not an episode where we're going to be bashing Gwyneth Paltrow. That's no. not the kind of episode that you walked into. So, if it is, go away. Actually, that's don't go want. away. <laughs> Please don't go away. Um I genuinely respect Gwyneth Paltrow so much. Yeah. She, you know, in a lot of ways, she used her talent to get herself to places that you would have never thought possible. Yeah. And also, like, I know she backs, like, some really weird shit. And, and we're talking, like, weird But shit. she's also not someone who, like, calls people out for doing the wrong thing and is like, I'm doing it better. She just does her own shit. Yeah. And then people are like, what the fuck? And she's just like sorry like okay that's, uh, okay <laughs> that's fine that's fine <laughs> like she's very non-combative and non-confrontational in her weird shit yeah which i respect i'm like girl no i do not think you should be promoting people taking that fucking like silver colloidal that, silver yes, that turns their skin blue, blue! No, no no don't do it gwyneth but if you want to do it also, Fine. like, we're not going to stand you for putting, like, a pinky's worth of sunscreen in the quote-unquote areas that you're, like, the sun hits your face. Sweetheart, the sun hits your entire it's body. your whole fucking face. Your whole face. Your the skull. whole face. The back of your head, your, your ears, everything. And she's a pale woman. And she is pale. <laughs> but you know what else she is? Rich. So it doesn't matter. She is very rich. It does not matter she's for her. She's so rich. Um, if you haven't already, please check out the Goop Lab on yeah. Netflix. A little, Fascinating. A little. We're not being paid to say this whatsoever. Oh, I have what? been obsessed <laughs> with the Goop Lab ever since it came out. I'm patiently waiting for season two. I don't Me think too. it's going to happen. Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Basically, it's like it's essentially her entire Goop staff. Yeah. In their Goop building in Santa Monica, their California. Goopy, goopy building. Their goopy, goopy building. Yeah. And they all sort of like embark on these adventures of like trying different things for their like editorials or mm -hmm. for their editorial department to like churn out all of these like blog posts and different things for the Goop website to like try and tell people to go on certain retreats or to like do certain things and like, you know, testing things out in case they are bullshit. Yeah. Because they very well could be. Yes. 
Um, so yeah, it's just, it's a very fun, fun television show. It's and really interesting. It's very interesting. And Gwyneth makes multiple appearances throughout mm-hmm. the television show. And so you get like a little glimpse of her. Like She as, does one of the experiments yeah, too. And it's kind of like watching her in her own element and like mm-hmm. experiencing her as a reality TV star. <laughs> which is exciting. Which is kind of exciting. And I'm kind of just sitting here like someone get Gwyneth Paltrow like a reality TV show. <laughs> like the life of Gwyneth. Or I don't bullshit. think she would do it. No, she wouldn't. She would just be like, no. Yeah. Cameras make me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want everything recorded, guys. Gwyneth. Gwyneth. Uh, All right. I also <clears> love <throat> this bitch. She's amazing in interviews. She's incredibly honest. She's so She'll honest. She'll talk about anything. She really will. She's like an open book. She's kind of insane. It's it's like it's like if someone really eccentric and like crazy mm-hmm. met someone very elegant and refined yes. and like smooshed it into one body, it would end up being Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes, elegant yet unhinged. Elegant yet very unhinged. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, and the thing is- But she's, she's so self-aware, that's the thing. Yes, that's why I respect her. She And this is where we draw the line in the sand, right? Where we're kind of just like, you know what? This is what makes Gwyneth good, mm-hmm. is that she knows she's crazy. <laughs> she's like, no, no, no. I know that I suck. <laughs> and like, I think that, you know, steaming my vagina is a, is, is beneficial to me. Yeah. I think that that's, that's just life. Yeah, but I will stick another jade up there and you can't stop me. You can't stop me. But but you do you. Please. Exactly. Like <laughs> You do you, girl. You do you. You want to expose yourself to the microwave? Please, by all means. <laughs> I will not tear it out of your wall for you. I do love though that despite all of this, the woman still isn't a vegan, which you really would expect her to be. You really would, but it just it, it, she loves food. She yeah. loves food. Wasn't she in an episode of the Chef Show? She was. She was in that famous clip where she forgot she was. She in forgot the, she was in Spider Man. Spider Man. She was like when we were shooting the Avengers, and John Favreau was like. Gwyneth, it was Spider-Man. You were there. She was like, no, I wasn't there. I wasn't in Spider-Man. I wasn't in. (laughs) And the the way she looked at John, she was like, you fucking idiot. You stupid piece of shit. She clarified it later. She was like, we shot them at the same time. So like, how was I supposed to know? So she's like, I didn't, I didn't know what scenes they were using for what. Which like, <laughs> I guess if you're just someone who memorizes the lines, you got to memorize. I know. Fine. Which, you know, Gwyneth but is very profe- funny. She's a professional. So she kind of just shows up and goes, okay, where do you want me? Okay, yeah. brilliant. Let me deliver. <laughs> so it's just, you know, she loves food and she's, she's always loved food. Goop, I think is like just an extension of herself, which is why we have to talk about it. It's I just something. It's, it's like, it's like, you know, talking about Kim Kardashian without talking about like keeping up with the Kardashians right. or skims or yes. something like the extension of the person. Right. So, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow is an insane, insane woman, but she's also incredibly talented. She's and a, a very talented woman. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Wonderful actor. Monica? Yes. Give us the first film. The first film is Ima. Ima. Ima, no. <laughs> <laughs> the condensation. Clear. Clear, no. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> okay, now that that's out of our system. <laughs> Look up that TikTok. Uh, it's like a reenactment of like H2R. <laughs> H2R. Uh, it's it's funny. It's, Just look up Amanar. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> uh, the first film today is Emma. It came out in 1996, written and directed by Douglas McGrath, based on the novel by Jane Austen. Wow. Now, if you have not read Emma, here's a little bit about it, because it's literally the same plot. <laughs> 
Pretty socialite Emma Woodhouse, played by Gwyneth Paltrow, entertains herself by playing matchmaker to those around her. Her latest project is Harriet Smith, our girl, Tony Collette. Yes. An unpretentious debutante whom she is trying to match with Reverend Elton, played by Alan Cumming. Love him. Oh, so good. A man who is actually pining for Emma, who is receiving the attentions of the dashing Frank Churchill, played by, of course, Ewan McGregor. However, Emma's attempts at matchmaking cause more problems than solutions. Does that remind you of anyone, Jessica? (laughs) (laughs) And may ultimately jeopardize her own chance at love and happiness. Wow. Love triangle after love triangle. So it's like a donut's hole within a donut hole. (laughs) Wow. Everything is just about knives out. Honestly. Everything. We're never not talking about knives out. That's like, that's genuinely the problem. So the setting of the film is just like this Jane Austen era. It's obviously like based off of the book, but like the, it's genuinely a gorgeous movie. It's very, very pretty. It's very nineties. It's like, it's like Jane Austen in the nineties. Yeah. I love how some movies made in, certain time periods are just like the most that time period version of the past yeah which is really funny because another movie that we're going to talk about later does not feel like that time period movie in the past if that makes sense yeah like like chinatown is the most 1970s looking 1940s movie i've ever seen (sighs) exactly (laughs) exactly it's shit like that um, but anyway, Monica and I were talking before the podcast about how, like, as far as Jane Austen movies go, like, Emma is not my favorite. No, my favorite is P and P for sure. P P P P P and P. Yeah. Pride and Prejudice for the uh, for the plebes out there. Oh my gosh, you mean the Jane Austen plebe? Yeah, I don't. Is Jane Austen even like s- something that people love nowadays? I guess because some people do. There's guess, like niche. Uh, with the advent of Bridgerton, people yes. are like now now going yeah, back. There's to the a novels. whole corner of TikTok where Jane Austen thrives. Oh, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Just like there's like a whole corner of TikTok where like you know cottage cottage friends cottage cottage cheat cottage core cottage core cottage cheese. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know that thrives. It absolutely <laughs> thrives. Like Amish culture, thrives, baby. The whole thing. Um, but yeah. So the plot of Emma, I don't think is like that entertaining because it's just a lot of like so and so likes you, but they don't actually. Okay. You know, in defense of the book Emma, which uh-huh. I've read multiple times, yeah, it is, it is wildly entertaining. <laughs> the book is entertaining. The book is wildly entertaining. Okay. the The way that the that the the plot thickens and like the problems cause more problems, and then the solutions, like the band aids over the problems, causing more problems, mm. and then having to like buy a bigger band aid <laughs> to, to cover the whole thing. Like, it's genuinely very entertaining because the way that Jane Austen writes is very like. It's almost like a river, like a yeah. stream of a river. It never really stops. It's very like, I hesitate to say stream of consciousness because that's not true, but no. like it feels it feels like stream of consciousness in the way that like, as you're reading it, you're kind of just following along with things. It's you don't active. Really, it's very active. Thank okay. you. Thank you for, for that adjective. You're welcome. It's the perfect one. Did you go to USC? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Did you? I was wondering how you would work that in today. Did you go to USC? <laughs> Fight on. Oh, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> Jessica went to USC. Shut the fuck up. Uh, and uh, sorry, acronyms. My bad. I'm I'm gatekeeping. University of Southern California. <laughs> the University of Southern California here in Southern California. It's a private four year <laughs> university. <laughs> 
Uh, there's Tommy the Trojan. Mm-hmm. There's the there's the horse. Uh-huh. The, the Colosseum. Yeah. Uh, all of it. Uh-huh. The red brick buildings. <laughs> yep. It's a whole thing. There you go. Uh, oh, and Jessica went there. Uh, just if you if you don't know, back when we first started this podcast, Monica used to mention that I went to USC constantly. But today I came in and I brought my coffee in a USC School of Dramatic Arts alumni travel cup. Fine. Because she always makes fun of me. I turned her towards her. I was like, did you notice the cup I'm drinking out of? And she goes, hmm, I haven't talked about USC in a while. Fight the fuck Fight the fuck on. The on, first on. time you did fight on a minute ago, you did the hook 'em horn symbol. Hook 'em like, horn. It's just <laughs> sacrilege. <laughs> those two, those two college phrases, I'm completely obsessed with. Hook 'em horns. Hook 'em horns. That's such a good one. It's so good. Um, <laughs> anywho, anywho, we were talking about Jane Austen and her active writing. The whole thing is <laughs> like there's so much tension in like the slip of a glove. Like if someone's like taking their glove oh, off, I it's know just, it's so good. It's just so. Good. I'm like so good. I'm gripping my farmhouse chair. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just it's genuinely so good. And so to see it on the screen, it takes a very spe- it takes a very specific film to bring Jane Austen to life. Yeah, I think Emma hit a lot of the points, but it didn't hit all of them. No, it's very this this film is very light. Um, intentionally so. I think obviously I'm not familiar with the book, so I don't know like how light the book is. Mm-hmm. I would imagine it is. This plot isn't particularly sad. No, it's it's, but it's not as frivolous as people make it out to be. Right, is the only thing. Yeah, and so Gwyneth at the time was. Uh, I mean, she was most famous for being Blythe Danner's daughter, rather yeah. than being Gwyneth Paltrow. And so this was like her first, like big, big leading role um that she got a ton of attention for and she's very fitting for it because she's visually like very angelic yes but she's also very fiery which you kind of get immediately from her so this role works really well for her because emma is this like she's just like an innocently scheming person like yeah because because she's a leading lady but she's also like a mastermind but she's also 21 years old yeah (laughs) Some people say that Clueless with Alicia Silverstone um, is like one of the best, if not the best adaptations of Emma like to have ever existed. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that sentiment because I think it, it breathes to life like the the themes of Emma mm-hmm. and like the general plot points of Emma and the kind of like, like Russian nesting doll of problems that Emma has. But it also does a really fun 90s spin on it yeah that i think this emma truly does not achieve in the same way yeah and clueless like you really get to know and love a lot of the characters whereas Mm -hmm. in emma the whole time i'm just like who are you they truly just exist because you don't spend a lot of time with each individual character as like as like personality traits and not just dialogue i think the only like beloved one would be tony collette's character oh but like when emma finally spoiler alert ends up with mr knightley i'm just like that's cool but like we don't really know you very well. We don't know who you be, girl. <laughs> so I don't really care. And like watching you, f- quote unquote, fall in love. Like I didn't really see that happen. But you know what I will never understand is um, why the 90s was so obsessed with period pieces. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, we have little women. We have little women. We have Emma. 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 <laughs> we have uh, we have the Pride and Prejudice BBC special starring Colin Firth. Precisely. We have Shakespeare in Lerve. In Lerve. I'm sure there's more. There's a lot of war movies that came out now. So many war movies. The 90s was a special time for the period piece. Um, But anyway, I like Gwyneth in this role 
because she also brings like a nice like modern flair. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier and Gwyneth is is not like traditionally soft. <laughs> Or no. like, or like, um, angelic in the way that like a cherub is. No, no, no. She's not like round and glowing. She's she's she has a very athletic figure. So yes. she has like very broad shoulders, and like she's very lanky she's and angular, she's tall and and angular. And her her nose is very angular. Her face is very boyish. She has very boyish features, mm-hmm. uh, but like a but like a pretty boy, a pretty boy, like one of them vampire boys. <laughs> Like a fancy boy. Like a fancy boy. (laughs) Um, So, you know, so she's still, she's still obviously incredibly beautiful, but like, she's just not, not cheruby beautiful. Right. She doesn't look like a baby. No, 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 no. She's not cherubic at all, but she is, she's very enchanting. She's very like ethereal. Yes. Um, And she's very strong and like strong willed. Yes. And so a big part of, of what she brings to, to the character of Emma is like, obviously her scheming nature yes but more so like her her fiery like what's the word like she's she's a little bit like unpredictable or like a little bit like a little bit black and white with a lot of her decision making and Gwyneth is is very good at like bringing the audience along for the ride Mm -hmm. of like this is what it's like to be inside my brain yeah (laughs) um come forth young one yeah while also maintaining some of that like naivete because she is 21 and she is like she she spends all of her time trying to be you know like smart and charming and appearing like she knows everything about life but while also knowing everyone's secrets but like she also is kind of blind to some of the more obvious things around her like the feelings that some people have for her because she's so focused on trying to have control over everything which is very it, it manifests in a very funny way where she gets very like frustrated and she's like no (laughs) no no (laughs) like Gwyneth as Emma is a very good example of a woman who wants everything on her terms and thinks she has complete control but doesn't acknowledge that other people have free will and that life is unpredictable yes she in her mind she's like (laughs) people react in these specific ways because I know how people will react. And if I put them in my situation, <laughs> and if, and if I put them in my situation, she's not from <laughs> South London. She's in a fucking bro, G. No. Oi, bro. If I put my listen, situation there, mate, listen. listen, mate, listen, mate, if I put my situation, what I'm saying, mate, bro, then, you know, people will be my pawns in my scheme, you know? <laughs> Oh my God. Forever. We're as unhinged as she is. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like like you were saying that there are severe consequences to a lot of her actions. Yeah. But she she doesn't like she doesn't have the foresight for them. Yeah. So when she concocts her plans in her boiling pot, uh-huh. she doesn't c- consider that like these people's feelings might get hurt or these people might t- might try to like intervene or interfere. These people might not give the answer that she wants them to. Or I'm just wrong. Or she's just wrong. She could be wrong. Yeah. And a lot of that is being young. Like a lot of that is naivete. A lot of that is innocence. A lot mm-hmm. of that is like, well, the world revolves around me. So this is how people are going to act because I tell them to. Ha ha ha. Yes. So uh, yeah, a lot of that is, is, is really just like naivete, but the, the sort of like flair that Gwyneth brings to it is that she's naturally an incredibly elegant woman. Yeah. She's naturally very poised and very like, 
very centered Mm -hmm. so for her to sort of go outside of herself and play someone who's a little bit off kilter (laughs) and a little bit like less a little bit less poised and less elegant and less centered Mm -hmm. it's you can see her sort of fighting that a little bit and trying to like let go and like lean into the fact that she's this 21 year old socialite essentially um (laughs) and so yeah it's it's that just made me think of the part where Harriet was asking her like well you like you're single and she she was saying that like because she's a woman of means it's fine and she says it's only poverty that makes a single woman contemptible (laughs) and I laughed out loud it's like when Paris Hilton it's like when you when because she didn't actually wear this shirt she wore something like a shirt that said something else but then someone photoshopped it to say like poor people suck or some bullshit (laughs) Like, and, and, uh, or something like very similar to that. And, and, and like it went viral, like so funny, <laughs> completely viral. And it's just, and it just all, it all reminds me of just like Paris Hilton in general. Uh-huh. And, like, <laughs> and if you could imagine like Paris Hilton playing like, or honestly, no, if you can imagine Daniel Day Lewis playing Paris Hilton in a, in a, <laughs> in a movie, you would have Emma, you would have like what Gwyneth Paltrow is doing playing Emma. <laughs> Like if Daniel J. Lewis just took some time to off cobbling and played Paris Hilton. And if that isn't an endorsement for this film, I don't know. But what like is. a young, a young Paris Hilton. She's, she's, she's a woman now. She's a, she's, right. a, uh, she's a billionaire now. Right, right, right. She's a DJ. Correct. She has her own clothing line. It's a whole thing. But like, we're talking like 15 year old Paris Hilton. Right. Yes. That, that's what it, that, yes. Oh, incredible. Daniel. <laughs> Yoo-hoo. You, Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> That's what he'll or come like, out of retirement for. Or like Dame Judi Dench playing like Kim Kardashian. Oh, wow. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that's the vibe. <laughs> that's the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, I just love Gwyneth in this movie. That's straight up all there is, yeah. really. The reality is like this, this movie has really it's a very spirited film. Uh-huh. It has a lot, it has a lot going for it in that it's, it's entertaining. It's fun. It's great to put on the background of like tea parties. If you have like your girlfriend, <laughs> if you have your girlfriend, yeah, all the tea parties you throw <laughs> <laughs> all of them, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> it's great to turn on, uh, on the background of a barbecue. <laughs> Showing up to a fucking barbecue and Emma is playing in the background. <laughs> Get those link sausages off the fire. They're burning. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Mr. Knightley. Mr. Knightley. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Gwyneth just brings that, that extra... She's the bow that really ties this whole film together yeah, because she, she has she has uh, the spice. I the think her, her and Tony Collette really bounce off of each other so well in this movie. Yes. I think the reality of this film is like not everyone in it is like in it to win it. No. <laughs> this is like one of like five Jane Austen adaptations that same year. Cause I just remember Sense and Sensibility oh, also came yes. out. <laughs> also came out recently. The movie Pride and Prejudice and the BBC. The show. movie came out in the two thousands. Are you sure? Yes. Whatever. Because Kira Knightley was in it. No, no, no. Sorry. That bitch was too young in the 90s. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Clueless is what oh, came out yes. around this, or basically around the same time. Correct. <laughs> and it's all like, it's all coming out essentially at the same time. And it's like one of many Jane uh-huh. Austen adaptations. And for whatever reason, it's like against all of them, it's not the best of the bunch. No. By any means. 
It's no. like, I think it might even be dead less. I mean, but it's, it's the one that's most heavily marketed as like, this is a fun comedy. This is a romp. Like, like the poster for this is just Gwyneth Paltrow holding her bow and arrow. Like looking, like winking. A, giving a smirk. <laughs> giving a smirk. Giving, giving us mischievousness. <laughs> giving us scheme. <laughs> giving us planning, girl. Planning. But I think... Not not to like so abruptly transition us out of Emma, but I think what I wanted from everything in Emma is what I got in our second movie. Do you agree? Well, I agree. Like like some, some more of like the the passion, you know. I think it, a lot of it's just like I don't know the source material, the director. Well, yeah. A lot of it is just like the, <laughs> a lot of it is just. Gwyneth not really being allowed to shine in the way that she could have shined mm -hmm. because she still very much is the bell of the ball of Emma. Yeah. Period. Oh yeah. End of discussion. She cares. She, her back is sore from carrying this movie. Like <laughs> truly she is just like the scheming that you see in her eyes, the way that she sizes people up that like the choices that she makes every single time she falls into these long dialogues with people and is like surveying them really being calculative about who they are what they can do for her mm -hmm. how they can further her agenda it's very interesting to watch Gwyneth Paltrow in a role like this being so being a character that is so young right and still offering a sense of maturity and like you're just my plaything, like cat and mouse type ordeal yeah it's still quite it's still quite good but I completely agree with you that like in this next film, she really gives it her all and she's allowed to sort of play a period, you know, to, to be a similar role in a period piece where she gets to have a little bit more maturity mm -hmm. and a lot, honestly, a lot less agency, Yes, <laughs> but still is able to go so much further um, despite having a limited amount of agency. It's, it's, we'll talk about it in a second, but it's, it's quite wild. Yes, I totally agree. Well, I guess I'll take us to the second movie. Then. Take us there, Jessica. Take us there. I'll take you there. Our second movie. <laughs> Sorry, was that too saucy? Baby, come down, turn the lights <laughs> down low. Down, down, soft and slow. the real turns me on. Wow. Just to be your man. I love being serenaded. Yuck. <laughs> Yuck. Okay, the second movie is Shakespeare in Love. Oh. Came out in 1998, written by Mark Norman and Tom Stoppard, directed by John Madden. And I guess I should add that it's based on the plays of William Shakespeare. Yeah, it's it's based on the plays of William Shakespeare, the life of, the William. Life of William Shakespeare, yeah. the affairs of William Shakespeare. Correct. William Shakespeare himself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's and that era, obviously. Yeah. So, lots of lots of just it's like a mishmash of a lot of like Shakespearean things and yes. that era, his life, his plays, all that good stuff. Take it away, Jessica. So William Shakespeare played by Joseph Fine is a known but struggling poet, playwright and actor who not only has sold his next play to both Philip Henslow played by Jeffrey Rush and Richard Burbage paid, played by Martin Clunes. I'm assuming that's how you say his name. No, it's Clunes <laughs> or Clunis. <laughs> but now faces a far more difficult problem. He is bereft of ideas and has yet to begin writing. 
He is in search of his muse, but all attempts fail him until he meets the beautiful Viola de Lesseps, played by Gwyneth Paltrow. She loves the theater and would like nothing more than to take the stage, but is forbidden from doing so as only men can be actors. Dressing as a man and going by the name of Thomas Kent, she auditions and wins the role of Romeo. Shakespeare soon sees through her disguise and they begin a love affair. One they know cannot end happily for them as he is already married and she has been promised to the cold Lord Wessex, played by Colin Firth. As the company rehearses his new play, William and Viola's love is transferred to the written page leading to the masterpiece that is Romeo and Juliet. There you go. (laughs) If that sounded complicated, it's because it is. (laughs) It's very complicated. It's such a beautiful movie. It is such a gorgeous film. People have people to this day still refer Mm -hmm. to or reference Shakespeare in Love as being like one of the most beautiful and like romantic films of all time. A lot of it is because like it has the same gravitas and like bravado as William Shakespeare's plays have and the romances within those plays. Mm -hmm. And so you see and also just like Gwyneth and and, uh, Joseph. (laughs) Oh baby. Oh mama. Mama Cedar. Steamy. Honestly, probably the only reason they weren't fucking in real life is because she was already engaged to Brad Pitt. Precisely. That wow. That's the only reason I'm sure. Wow. Wait, no, she wasn't engaged to Brad. She was no longer engaged to Brad and currently dating Ben Affleck, who was also in the movie. Exactly. He played uh the 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 guy who plays Mercutio. The guy who plays Mercutio in the play Mercutio at the time. Yeah. Soon to be changed to (laughs) Romeo and uh Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Formerly titled Romeo and Ethel, the pirate's daughter. <laughs> I think that would have been a better story. Uh, I agree. Personally. <laughs> I agree. Um, so Shakespeare in Love is one of those movies that's like lightning in a bottle. The cast is so incredible. You've got you've got Colin Firth playing the bad guy. Yes. The main villain. The guy with a lot of money in Virginia. <laughs> yes. Who is trying to get uh, Miss Viola's dowry mm-hmm. because he needs like extra money to be able to continue his work in Virginia. Yes. There's, I think there's cattle. I believe there are cattle. <laughs> Perhaps tobacco. Who knows? It's a tobacco plantation, I think. Something like about plantations, thing. something about Virginia. The point is he needs her money and also her bosom. So yeah. moving forward, there's him. Colin Firth is a fucking star in this movie. Mm-hmm. He plays this like cold and kind of insane man with this teeny mustache. And this little pearl earring. And this like insane little tiny drop i love it drop pearl i earring. love that he wears a single per- he's the girl with the pearl earring it's just insane <laughs> it's just insane um, that movie is not starring scarlett johansson no. it's actually starring colin firth <laughs> to the stage please <laughs> uh ben affleck's in this movie he provides the most amazing comedic relief for a lot of these scenes. he is so silly he just yells all the time <laughs> huzzah He's just so fucking funny. <laughs> Obviously, there's Joseph Fine. He is incredible. He's as fine. He truly, truly embodies like the sensuality of William of the William Shakespeare that we all make up in our minds. Yeah, he is obviously not like a a rotten toothed bald man. No, 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 no. <laughs> as William Shakespeare is in his portrait. <laughs> yes, but in in this version, he's who we want him to be. He's, he's a like hunky, this, like hunk. hunky, hunky man. Ah, you look like the Fourth of July, <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> he just looks incredible. He looks spicy. So good. he looks like the salami on a charcuterie board. Oh yeah, the one that you can't eat. The one that's spicy and complex <laughs> delicate yet gorgeous and firm 
So, so fun. Monica spends her time uh, dreaming about charcuterie. Uh. <laughs> the point is, uh, you've got, so you've got like these three men. You've got a bunch of other supporting characters that are all played by like the most Tons. brilliant British actors. Yeah, so, so good. <laughs> so good. Dame Judy Dan. Shame Judy Dench is fucking Queen Queen Elizabeth. And just like howling at this puppy that is like on this stage, like jumping at all these clowns. This woman is so fucking funny. <laughs> she's so fucking funny. She's, she's just so like, loud. <laughs> and she's in the most insane makeup and hair. So good. So good. So, so, so good. You've got Emilda Staunton playing yes. the uh the nurse to yes. Gwyneth Paltrow's Viola. Yes. Who again provides even more comedic relief because she is, she truly is the nurse in Romeo and Juliet. Like she's like, whoa. Like she's like <laughs> the whole scene where she sits outside of their door the first time that they have sex. And she's, she's in her rocking chair. Rocking aggressively to cover up the forth. noises of their bed. And like one of the maids walks in and she just like, it's like rocking intensifies. She's like fanning herself. She's like, <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. Especially because like, the whole time you know so you watch this bitch like walk up to her door like expecting her to be there uh-huh. alone so to like turn down her bed or whatever for the for the evening whatever maids do whatever nurses do i'm not i'm not 100 sure um but in this era anyway uh but she like she stops herself because she's hearing like sex noises uh-huh. or like what's going to what's like about to turn into sex noises and so she just grabs like without hesitation grabs the rocking yep. chair drags <laughs> it over to the front of the door and sits her ass down and just like <laughs> stares off into space like going why god like why me <laughs> because you know that's it's essentially her daughter because at the yeah. time nurses like that were essentially like wet nurses who then became like pseudo mothers to a lot of these yeah just stayed with them until they got married off exactly and then sometimes went with them yeah exactly they were part of the dowry yeah exactly <laughs> and so um it's kind of like like you know covering up your own daughter yeah like, having sex with william shakespeare yeah exactly you know? casual uh, very casual Willie shakes Willie shakes uh the point is they like the ins- passionate lovemaking ensues uh and anyway this is like this cast of characters that is absolutely without a doubt one of the most incredible casts i have ever come across in my lifetime correct we're ta- like and there has been a play made out of this movie mm-hmm. there have there have been multiple references made to this movie in multiple television shows in multiple films uh, spanning to this day mm-hmm. people love this movie people constantly reference this movie people constantly talk about this movie people who were cast in this movie constantly refer to themselves as being in this movie mm-hmm. it's one of those movies that everyone was really proud to be a part of and that has stood the test of time watching yeah. it now you're like this was not made in the 90s this is just a period piece that could have float like had ben affleck and gwyneth paltrow not been in this movie <laughs> it literally could have been from any time period yeah no that's very true that's very true um but like gwyneth i think really is very surprising in this movie if you're not familiar with her acting um especially from when she was a bit younger like this is this is Gwyneth in her prime this is her element yeah and she is incredibly passionate I love this role of like this this super passionate Elizabethan woman who's obsessed with like love and adventure and poetry it's incredibly cinematic and incredibly poetic just like the source material but it's really really stunning to watch because she does it in a way that like doesn't make you roll your eyes at her like most of the time if you saw some woman just like 
staring out her window and sighing and being like, ah, oh, me, I just want love, I love just, above all. I want poetry in my life. I just want poetry in my life. You would just be like, oh my God. But in this year, there's like, yes, get it. Yes, bitch. Find that fucking poetry. Obtain the poetry. <laughs> Obtain the love. Yeah, and like, uh, I was telling Monica this beforehand, but I had I had read like a review of the movie where someone said, you know, like Shakespeare in Love is the movie that we were waiting for. It's finally like a movie as radiant as Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm. And I think that that is why she's able to thrive. And that's why this movie would not be the same without her. She just like uh, the best word I can use to describe her in this film in this film is like ethereal. Yes. Like she sort of transcends her own character and just goes into as, as if when Gwyneth was sort of either preparing or in this role, she was just transported back in time yes. into a place where she could be the woman who was actually in this time period mm -hmm. trying to make it as an actor or at the very least have some kind of passion in her life some kind of poetry which is the whole reason why she honestly risks her life mm -hmm. and risks her her agency her love her 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 identity all of it she literally risks all of it because at the time it's like very much against the law for a woman to be up on stage acting yeah let alone like sometimes attend to play yeah. <laughs> like a woman of her means of her stature going to like just random shit like that it just doesn't happen she couldn't even go to an audition she had to like dress up as a man and thomas audition kent. as thomas kent it is i thomas kent life on life or whatever the fuck she says <laughs> it's like she this woman is transported back in time mm -hmm. and the way that Gwyneth holds on to that notion that like, I am not playing a, an ingenue. I'm mm -hmm. not playing a woman in a movie that is the love of William Shakespeare's life. Like that's not my, that's not my role. I'm not, I'm not the Rachel McAdams character. She came at it from the perspective of like, I am a woman in this time period who is just trying to find passion in her life yeah and who's just trying to find poetry in her life and write poetry and make poetry and and exude poetic nature and stop trying to live this like corseted life that was essentially thrust upon her because even when william shakespeare writes to her and then she writes back to him she's like i, I mean it's you're great, <laughs> mm -hmm. but you do realize that I'm a woman and yeah. I cannot marry you. I'm already, I'm already betrothed to someone else. Yeah. And you're married too. And you're married too. So just, you know, ding, 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 remind, reminder, reminder. <laughs> um, and if it truly weren't for William Shakespeare's like insane uh, confidence and his like, and how he pushed to see her and how he pushed he literally broke into her house. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just like, it's, if it really weren't for his persistence, I genuinely think she just would have done the right thing at that point. I just been like, you know what? Like I, I sought it out. I have a, I have a, I have a um, role in your play. That's good enough for me. Like yeah. genuinely that I, I think at that point it was genuinely good enough for her. I think the pining and the longing was part of it all. But then when she actually got a taste of it and when she actually got like, quite frankly, William Shakespeare in her bed. Uh -huh. She was like, you know what? <laughs> this ain't so bad either. Nope. Like she, she is a woman who understands 
she understands her obligation and her place in society. And like, there is nothing that could make her abandon those things. Like you see towards the end, there's like a glimmer of hope where she's hoping that the queen will dismiss her marriage to Colin Firth because the queen has gotten to see the play and she's gotten to see how much they love each other. And so she's hoping that the queen will just be like, never mind, you the don't queen. you don't have to be with Colin Firth anymore. Lord Wessex. Lord Wessex with but the earring. She, but she does. She does have to go with him, but she understands that there is value in having memories and having passionate experiences even if they can't carry through your entire life and also i'm sure there's a layer of like if i continued this maybe it wouldn't continue to be as passionate as as it is right now and that's like that's where the real stuff comes into the story which i appreciate a lot because you don't get like there are very few movies anymore that are these like huge sweeping love stories where you watch the couple and you're just like, Jesus, that's what I want. Like that doesn't happen. They don't make those movies that much anymore. No. Everything's like too fucking real now. Everyone's like, <laughs> but your parents don't like me. Guess we can't be together. Yeah. Or like they fall in love, but it's really cute. This is like fucking visceral. This is like the love in this movie. You're just like, oh my God. Like my stomach hurts watching the them. air in my lungs. <laughs> yep. Without you, I cannot breathe. Yep. It's a whole passionate affair and you know it's very like it's very bridges of madison county like oh my that's that's another one the other movie that i think of (laughs) when i think of like like short-term passion long-term memory that's what i think that's the other movie that i think about because in this movie like i said before the Gwyneth's maturity in this film shines through splendidly and mm-hmm. her ability to handle the dialogue and the subject matter shines through brilliantly. She's such a phenomenal actor. She's so poised and she's so ready to pounce at everything. She's She like vibrates in this movie. It's kind of insane. Yes. And for her character to understand her place and her role in society and to be like, I'm not going to be the person that like runs away with you. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, especially because she understands the nature of man and she understands the nature of William Shakespeare. There are like these little glimmers that like come through about him being a man and being flighty and being like not the kind of person that she could spend the rest of her life with. Yeah, especially because it's like, you know, passion, passion is a flame and flames run out like that's just what happens. And it burns very, very bright for a while. But then, you know, after a while, it's truly just black smoke. That's really all it is. And I think with her and William, like one of the main glimpses that she got of like his nature and like him being him being a man is when she's Thomas Kent and they're like rowing in a boat like out um outside of her house because she lives off of a lake <laughs> casually <laughs> casually it's kind of insane you have to get to you have to get on a boat to get to her house basically yeah. she's that rich um and so she is dressed as thomas kent and william shakespeare is like talking to him on this boat being like you don't understand like i love this woman like she's beautiful and her eyes her eyes are like gorgeous and like her lips her lips are perfect and she he's saying all these like beautiful things about her and she's like getting a little heated or like like bothered because she's like oh my god like he sees me like he Mm -hmm. sees who i am and like in my eyes and in my lips like he he thinks i'm i'm beautiful but he also like i think he understands like my soul Mm -hmm. and then then he literally just goes and her bosom oh (laughs) those two round perfect and then she you see her just get visibly angry she's like you know what (laughs) 
<laughs> Why are all men like this? <laughs> like, what the fuck's going on? She's like, on? maybe you just shouldn't say anything to her if that's how you're going to talk about her. Exactly. That's So she spins it around as Thomas can. She's like, yeah. well, maybe you shouldn't fucking say anything then, you piece of shit. Like, <laughs> well, maybe she doesn't feel the same way about you is how she really spins it. And I just think it's really funny because she's so aware. Mm -hmm. She's not this like naive little girl who is just like being swept up in the romance. She's very calculative and she understands when like the dream is over. Like she gets it. (laughs) She's not just like, oh, that was beautiful. She like stops it in his tracks and is like, you know what? (laughs) This is the reality of man. Uh, This cannot go further. Um, and she does that kind of throughout the movie. There are certain times where she like lets her guard down and allows mm-hmm. like William in, but she's in control the entire time, which is what makes the love affair so electric. I know. And like, and she, she acknowledges that it's like, it's more romantic to, to leave in the end. Like it is ultimately more passionate and a bigger display of love for him to, you know, like that, that like last line he does where he's just like, you will never age nor fade nor die. Like, cause he's going to write about her in, exactly. in his plays. And so that's what he's telling her. And she knows she's like that, that is that is like the most loving ending that this could have while maintaining the poetry. Exactly. While maintaining the passion. <laughs> because for them, the more important thing is immortality in, yeah. in prose and poetry. That's really the, like the most important thing because like men, you know, men and women are just made out of like flesh and bone. Mm-hmm. Eventually they'll grow ugly and die. It's like the, whole, the whole problem with the, with these artists out there <laughs> always thinking about beauty. <laughs> And so for them, they are trying to achieve immortality mm-hmm. via via plays, via yeah. prose, via, via sonnets and, and poetry that will outlive them and outlast even their own love. Yeah. So in the end, she got what she wanted, which is all to me as the viewer, as 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 a human viewer matters, yeah. is that she got what she wanted. And even though she's stuck in like a shit, <laughs> shit situation, yeah. it doesn't matter because- she got what she was actually looking for. She did. She did. And like, like, like we've said, you know, time and time again through this discussion is that like, she understands that poetry in her whole in her life can't be her whole life. And so it's, it's gift enough that it happened at all, which is really beautiful to watch someone have that adult of a response and to have that evolution as a character, um, to appreciate the time, but also recognize that like, unfortunately it can't go on and it fucking sucks because she and Joseph fine make you fall in love with them as a couple. Uh, like you're obsessed with them. Obsessed. I'm still obsessed with them. I will forever be obsessed with them. <laughs> and then, but then it doesn't work and you're fucking as gutted as they are, but you're just like, that's fine. Cause he's going to go right 12th night and she'll live forever. <laughs> and she will quite literally live, live forever. forever. Yeah. She will be immortal. She will be stuck in that passionate, fiery prose forever. Yeah. Uh, and then forever the bitch won an Oscar for it. She won her Oscar for this film. Also, Dame Judi Dench won. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why? <laughs> she had eight minutes of screen time. I don't agree with this, but whatever. She was also the second uh, that year, wasn't she? Weren't you saying something earlier about her being like the second? Yeah, so it's like the, f- I think it's like the only time in Oscars history where two people have been nominated for playing the same character. So she played Elizabeth, obviously, in Shakespeare in Love. And then this is also the year that Kate Blanchett got nominated for an Oscar for playing Elizabeth in the movie Elizabeth. Oh, 
Uh, it was an Elizabethan year. <laughs> yeah, this was also the year that I think Saving Private Ryan did yeah, not famously did not win best win picture. best picture, which is kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy, so crazy. You know, whatever. That's I, like I the, like that a love story won over a war movie. I mean that that yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that like Shakespeare in Love didn't deserve to win the Oscar because quite frankly I think it did, but I don't know that it deserved to, to win the Oscar against Saving Private Ryan, yeah, which is the best war movie ever made i think in a in a vacuum both movies deserve to win their own oscar yeah, this is one of those things where you're just like i mean cinema's just amazing and that's really all we can say yeah cinnamon buns so good <laughs> i love cinnamon i love cinnamon buns. <gasps> well monica we have to move to the third movie and change the tone drastically <laughs> so drastically we go from something that is like unbelievably sweeping and romantic uh-huh. and heartfelt and hilarious and crazy <laughs> and there's a pearl uh-huh. <laughs> to uh some really real sad yeah, very sad but gwyneth oh the bitch has range Ooh, she has a range. range she's a range rover she's a ranger she's a full <laughs> range oven <laughs> tell us monica this movie is two levels Two Lovers came out in 2008, written by James Gray and Rick Manello, directed by James Gray. Leonard, played by Joaquin Phoenix, is a depressed man living with his parents in their Brooklyn apartment after his fiance left him. In quick succession, he meets two women, Sandra, played by Vanessa Shaw, the daughter of his parents' business associates, and Michelle, played by Gwyneth Paltrow, his beautiful, fun, mercurial neighbor. Leonard begins a convenient relationship with Sandra, but continues to pine after Michelle, who is in love with a married man. As Sandra's love for Leonard deepens, he finds himself leaning towards Michelle whenever her mood swings towards him, creating a recipe for unrequited love and disappointment. (laughs) This movie's fucking dork. This movie's dork as fuck. Joaquin Phoenix right off the bat is incredible in this movie. He's incredible in all movies. Yeah. <laughs> and he really leans into how I say depression in this movie. He's really good in this movie, but kind of, I find Leonard to be a little creepy personally. Oh, Leonard is beyond creepy. Leonard is a character, my, one of my least favorite male characters ever written. Yeah, like he's very unsettling, which is why I like, that's the one thing where I'm like, I don't really understand how either of these women are like into him. Maybe they're into him because he just like won't go away. Yeah, and the thing is, is like, okay, here's here's the thing about Leonard's character. He is not like over the top, like mentally unstable, off kilter. No. It's very... I hesitate to use the word like sinister or like underlying. It's very like underlying. The problems are very beneath the surface. And he is not very forthcoming with a lot of his problems. It's very much like something that you have to sense. Mm -hmm. And he's like very fucking damaged. Very, very damaged. Yeah. And like very deeply, deeply depressed. But because he's like able to function, it's very difficult to like get a, get a real read on him. But like, from the beginning, Sandra knows that like something is a little bit off mm-hmm. with Leonard. And that's why I sort of get the feeling that he's just like very, very creepy as opposed to like, as opposed to like dark and damaged and like just trying his best. He's a little, like the way he reads at least the very least to me is more creepy than anything else. Yeah, agreed. Like 
initially i w- the first time i saw this movie i was like he's like a little little like sociopathic but then you realize that like no he does have like very authentic emotions but it's he only cares about the things that leonard chooses to care about he doesn't give a fuck about what anyone else no tell like he doesn't care that he has made this woman fall in love with him and that he manipulated her and that he's hurting her. He doesn't care what his family thinks of him. He doesn't care about any of these things because he's like so damaged and so committed to like forcing Gwyneth Paltrow to want him. And it's very, it gets like, it's obsessive and that's when it gets creepy yeah and i think a lot of it is like um the movie is trying to show you that he's like he's finally passionate about someone mm-hmm. unlike the way he's passionate about his current flame or like <laughs> or his family or or any honestly anything in life right um and it's kind of just like um this this spark that ends up happening when he meets uh gwyneth paltrow's character michelle i was gonna mm-hmm. call her marcia 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 um and she is immediately like taken to him him mm-hmm. because he's a little bit off kilter and because he's like you know it's Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix like he's charming Gwyneth is drawn to chaos in this film yeah truly like a moth <laughs> to flame yeah or rather a moth to a giant mushroom cloud like <laughs> truly just chaos 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 yeah and a big part of her character is like being this like really exciting beautiful woman honestly yeah, that's she, like her, these are her two main traits yeah her sexuality reads very clear in this movie and but i think the character of michelle is supposed to like she's supposed to think of herself as like pretty normal and pretty unassuming but she owns her sexuality and i don't think it's entirely intentional like i don't think she's trying to be a manipulative woman in this no, movie no 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 but that's what ends up happening but she just exists and she is a little bit of this like manic pixie dream girl in a way like she has she has like a wild streak and she lives in this fantasy world of like the married man who pays for my apartment is eventually gonna leave his wife and he's gonna be with me and i can walk around forming very close friendships with straight men who i can tell are attracted to me but i'm just gonna ignore it because it's platonic like they know that i love someone else it's it's that classic thing of like a girl who fucking knows what she's doing but also isn't thinking about what she's doing right and that is frustrating to watch as a as a viewer but gwyneth is doing it so well and you don't get to watch her play these kinds of roles very often yeah it's almost like it's sort of going back to like the role that she played in Emma, which is where Mm -hmm. she's, she was actively manipulating people. Right. So she truly was like creating this Russian nesting doll of problems Mm -hmm. because that's what she was doing. And she was very self-aware about it. Like I am going to create these series of problems because my name is Emma. I'm rich. I'm beautiful. And I want to play matchmaker. Like (laughs) that's really what it was. But I think with Michelle's character, like you were saying, she's not thinking about being posing a problem for the people around her no. or like wanting and wishing for things to be different she's not like doing it on purpose she's not like and she's also not stupid like she's not dumb no she's she's a very smart capable woman but the problem with what she's doing is that she is harming the people around her by leaning into these ideas about herself and mm-hmm. like leaning into these ideas about what other people can do for her yeah and what are the things that other people have promised her when she probably knows that it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And she has this like, she has this like party girl, wild child. Yeah. Very like in this movie, <laughs> very, accent- I would call it like eccentric, but like 
obviously she's very conventionally beautiful so it's like hard it's hard to yeah it's hard to compare her to like someone like zoe deschanel who is like very bambi manny pixie dream girl kind of like one of the boys but also not at all one of the boys and like yeah it's hard to compare her to her because Gwyneth has such a specific flavor Mm -hmm. of like tall beautiful model-esque athletic but the thing about specifically this movie is she really leans into like you said her sensuality Mm -hmm. and it's not about putting it on display for people it's about just being really confident yeah which is not really manny manny pixie dream girl it's very bizarre yeah yeah it's it's an odd combination like she is very aware of the fact that she is the object of leonard's affection but it's like she's she's used to being that for a lot of men that's just kind of her like day to day but the difference arises when she actually has feelings for the men yeah. like they never want her when she has feelings for them um and that is kind of what destroys her and that's that's the difficult thing to watch but it's also a dynamic that you see over and over again like it is a very common thing in real life for women like this this odd dynamic of women being like i'm amazing men love me but as soon as they find one that they want back those are the ones that don't want them back and then chaos ensues and she is like a very perfect example of that in this movie and it's really fucking frustrating to watch because you're like you have all of these people bowing down to you and the one person who treats you like shit is the one that you want and you you just like you want to shake her (laughs) i mean you really do especially because like gwyneth paltrow's character in this movie is not someone that you would ideally consider to be like a main character you no. always think honestly like i thought about this the other day honestly her character could easily be written into a rom-com as like the best friend of the main character yeah that's typically what you see is like the girl who ex- like is exuding confidence but isn't confident and then mm-hmm. once you turn it back around and she tries to go after guys no the guy that she does want doesn't want her and all these guys are like falling on her feet and she's like telling the friend like she's telling the main character like it's just put yourself out there like it's so easy (laughs) so i thought about this the other day where i'm kind of just like this literally could be like a judy greer (laughs) yeah uh type character but because she's gwyneth paltrow and she truly brings that star power Mm -hmm. and she actually like leans into the, the nuances and provides like that extra umph to the character she's not she's not a side character she's not a supporting character she's she's one of the main characters in this movie yeah yeah and then her her arc gets pretty dark it's very intense it's i mm, it's very very intense it gets pretty dark and you see her kind of like concede and go to make compromises in the things that she wants in life so i don't know i guess spoiler alert she um she the guy the married man who pays for her apartment who she's with he gets her pregnant and she doesn't realize it for a while and then eventually finds out and then she loses the baby that's how she finds out she miscarries exactly and it sends her into this like whole depression etc and she's like you know what i'm not gonna be with this guy anymore blah 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 blah. and you can kind of see her decide like i guess i'll be with leonard because he wants me and (laughs) this this other man who i love doesn't and like because that's what she wants she just wants to be chosen at the end of the day yeah but she wants it on her own terms which it never is and that's why she doesn't want the people who actually choose exactly um and then they have this very upsetting sex scene on a roof (laughs) it's 
It's probably the most, it's one of the most upsetting sex scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Honestly, like to be quite frank with you, I can't think of another sex scene that comes to mind that is as like upsetting. Yeah. No, other than ones that are like explicitly sexual assault. This oh, one is, right. this yeah. one is. But like, I mean like, like I guess consensual. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Honestly, not even consensual if you really think about it. Yeah, because he just kind of like starts, but then she's like kissing him, but she's also like sad, but he's sad. It's really weird. It's it's very disturbing. And quite frankly, it is not a scene that I like. I would say if you're sensitive to that kind of thing, I would I absolutely would watch not that. watch that part of the movie. Honestly, I don't know that I'd watch any of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... All of this to say, I think Gwyneth Paltrow took the dark subject matter mm-hmm. and did her best with it. Like she really did. And I think there's something to say about Gwyneth Paltrow really like becoming her character. Mm-hmm. Because like when she was when she was sad and like in the throngs of her depression after that miscarriage, like that is some gorgeous work. Yeah. What she did, what she did in this movie is just so heartbreaking and so unbelievably like like I think at one point or another, like we've all been in that like dark hole yeah. and she managed to capture it so well. And there wasn't like, it's not theatrical or like no. very dramatic the way that she like sunk into herself and just became this like lifeless thing. Yeah. Oh my God. Like she's so good. Yeah. While also still using her, her trauma to also continue to manipulate the men around her. Like it really is. She just like, she never stops. And like I said, I don't think it's conscious necessarily. Absolutely not. But like, she does know that this fucking tragic event is going to make the guy that she wanted to come back, come back. And it is going to get her a lot of sympathy and like caretaking energy from Leonard. Someone she does not intend to give any of that back to but she still gets to benefit from it. And it is this very tricky, very human balance of like real sadness, but also very real emotional manipulation. Yeah. And she's, she's just, she's really, she's really fucking good. (laughs) She's really really good. She's really fucking good. I I don't think that there, um, there isn't a whole lot to say about her and Joaquin's chemistry, because like, quite frankly, I would see them in another movie together that isn't this depressing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the th- it's it's an interesting kind of chemistry that you mm-hmm. don't get to see that, that often where you're like, I like watching you together, but you also make my skin crawl. Exactly. <laughs> Especially because they both have such underlying motives yeah. and they both have agendas that yeah. it's really difficult for you to like separate that and go, huh, me cute. Like yeah. it's really hard for you to be like, oh, like in a vacuum, they're so cute together. Yep. <laughs> it's really hard because they both come with a lot of baggage. I know. Um, and also again, like Leonard's a very creepy character Agreed. and it's very hard for you to get behind like this quote unquote relationship that yep. they end up getting into and so i think in in another movie like i would genuinely petition to see gwyneth paltrow and joaquin like in a movie together i don't uh i don't want this to be the only time i ever see them together i agree like, i think they i feel like they've done another movie together what but other I don't movie know. could they have possibly done i don't know anyway go ahead um yeah so i guess they aren't in another movie but i i would like to see that I would pay good money to to watch Joaquin and, and Gwyneth in a movie yeah. for sure. Well, <sighs> that was 
Goop Daddy Gwyneth. That was Gwyneth Paltrow. Again, if you have not seen the Goop Lab, please. <laughs> please Monica go wants watch everyone it. to watch the Goop I Lab. I just think it's so funny. You will see full frontal vagina. Oh, absolutely. You'll see full frontal vagina. You'll see uh, mushroom taking, ayahuasca taking, mm-hmm. psilocybin taking, whatever the fuck. Honestly, whatever it is, they go to they go on this like insane retreat where they like all cry for like yep. twelve hours. The Wim Hof. Uh, they do the Wim Hof method, the breathing method. The breathing Breathing method. Some wild shit that happens on that show. They like, they submerge themselves in like ultra cold water yeah. and like Iceland or some bullshit. Like they just go somewhere crazy and like can do that. It's incredible. It's Love kind it. of insane. Yeah. And also like they interview or like they, they do their like side interviews at like the goop like offices in Santa Monica and everything's mm-hmm. like pink and bright. I love it. And like, it just looks insane. Like, I don't know if uh, how many of you guys out there are watching Nine Perfect Strangers or have seen Nine Perfect Strangers. Mm-hmm. The vibes are really similar. Very similar. I mean, honestly, they probably based some of it off of her. Oh, I'm, I am <laughs> beyond certain of it. I really am. Like, I know it was based on a book, but they probably based the way that Masha looks. At least a on little bit off of Gwyneth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the similarities are I'm sorry. Uh, glaring. Nicole, who are you channeling? <laughs> Tell us, Nicole. It's literally just a Russian Gwyneth Paltrow. It He's really all is. It, is. it really is. I want to help you. We're going to get you well. We're going to get you well. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. she's so she's so good she's so I mean, good obviously we know nicole kidman is amazing but like she just continues to slap me in the face and be like i'm still amazing and well, i'm like yes you are which if you have not listened to our nicole kidman episode it's called it's nicole kidman it's so good <laughs> i love her she's such a brilliant so brilliant woman oh my god uh and she's like making this weird not, I, don't, I, I hesitate to even call it a comeback because this picture has been around for so long. This weird television yeah, comeback. Yeah, specifically television. Like it started with um, Big well, Little Lies. Big Little Lies, The Undoing, yeah. Nine Perfect Strangers. She's like, I mean, it's all made by the same person. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I think it's the same producer or writer. One I don't of the know. Two. And also like she's a whore for like Jean-Marc Vallier. So, oui. you know, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, it's okay. all good. Well, uh, that, was, that was Gwyneth. Yeah. Um, Monica, what have you dabbled in? I very recently, as in yesterday, got a Nintendo Switch. Yes. Um, I'm very excited. I know I'm incredibly late to the game. Yeah. I get it. I get it. It's okay. No one needs to remind me of that. I, I, and yes, I know there's a new one coming out that's like a fancier, newer one. Yeah. And I know that it's coming out in like a week. Yeah. I know. You know. I, no one needs to tell me this. I know how difficult it is to get a gaming console right when it comes when out. When it comes out, impossible. So it's impossible. So why would I wait like another, honestly, year <laughs> to get <laughs> this gaming console that I've been wanting for a long time mm-hmm. uh, just just to not have to get like it again True. in like two years or something. Yeah, I get it, guys. You That's don't fair. have to tell That's me fair. that. It's all fair. Um, but it's, I specifically purchased it to play Animal Crossing. Yeah, I heard that it is a wonderful game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of The Sims. I played on my uh, on my yes. co- um, computer all the time. Yes, I play The Sims Four as e, do I. Uh, Sims Three, Sims Two, Sims Sims, Sims City, <laughs> Sims in general, Sims in general, <laughs> general Sims. <laughs> That's where all your Sims are in the army. <laughs> oi, oi. Um, and so uh, I love like games where you like build houses, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps change your clothes. Uh, now I'm going to, when I go home, I'm going to play. Uh, I love games <laughs> where you can like put your characters in stupid situations. Like love it. You know, 
like you know w- whenever you're in the sims and you like want to kill one of your characters you like put them right. in a pool yes you, like drown them <laughs> it's it's chill it's chill it's fine <laughs> um i mean i'm not really referring to that in specific animal crossing sure. i just mean like it's fun to be able to control another thing i agree um and uh so i'm playing animal crossing now um i'm on animal crossing i have my own island i'm i have my tent i'm just I'm, when i get home i'm gonna text you my username so oh, that you can friend me and we'll, we can visit each other's islands incredible i've always wanted friends and so <laughs> and so um uh i caught a butterfly today Ugh, with my net that's that so I, exciting that i diy'd you would it out of those I, tree branches uh-huh i have a fishing pole love also it. diy <laughs> I'm currently wearing a sweater with an airplane on it. Oh, I love to see that too. Fashion. It's truly just, I'm living my best life on this island. <laughs> it is one of the greatest investments I've ever What's made. What's your island's name again? It's called Bork. Bork. B-O-R-K. Visit me anytime. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that's what I've been dabbling in. I've, I have um, I got the, the one with the red and the blue controllers. I think they're yeah. atrocious. I hate neon red and neon blue i mean it's just it's but it's nintendo. just it's, it's a nintendo game what are you sorry gonna, they're not gonna come out with like a sage green color like, i have i when i replaced my controllers i got the neon pink and neon green oh so that's fun i hate that sorry i hate both i hate neon, you could have gotten the gray i hate neon anything no because that one was also ugly like they're all I'm, ugly okay fine i'm looking for like a a beige <laughs> nintendo isn't a very beige company but okay beige or like chocolate brown right i know be white white that would have worked you know uh but no no it's like neon i know it's like vomit colors oh and like what are you vomiting up (laughs) it's like jungle juice vomit colors ices yeah you just keep vomiting up ices oh my god uh which by the way if you go to the amc uh the the burbank amc 16 Mm-hmm. They never have the ice machine. <laughs> it's never working. Hey, thanks for the hot tip, Marga. <laughs> so if you want an icy, go to a different AMC, <laughs> which at Burbank, there's also the AMC 6 and the AMC 8. Wow. Both don't have icy machines. Good to know. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I miss the arc life. Oh, me too, guys. Fucking A. <laughs> uh, Jessica, what have you dabbled in? Um, You know, nothing particularly fun. The new season of Sex Education came out. So I've been watching that, but I'm trying to pace myself. And by pace myself, meaning only watching one episode a day. Oh, wow. So I'm on like episode four, I think. It's incredible. I fucking love that show. Um, it just makes me so happy. There are too many other shows for me to watch. Like, I'm, If again, you start watching that show, though, you'll be obsessed with it. I'm over. I, I can't do it. I can't do it's it. It's only eight episodes a season, and this is the third season. So like, you could you could do it. I could, but I don't want to. You will. I'm currently watching Nine Perfect Strangers. You will. It'll happen. Ted Lasso uh gilmore girls again, again. <laughs> i it's okay i'm rewatching gossip girl and i keep I going watch, like but i need to catch up on the sopranos <laughs> not catch up you okay, know what i mean that show's been thing. done forever there are certain shows that i watch every year mm-hmm. seasonally so um i watch gossip girl in the winter winter to spring uh, I watch Gilmore Girls in the fall, uh-huh. like leading up to the winter because right. like it, it's i call it you my, were watching gossip girl a few weeks ago 
I wasn't watching it a few weeks ago. Yes, you were. I texted you and I said, I'm watching Old Gossip Girl. And you said, me too. Oh. And we talked about which episodes we were on. Well, I no. Bullshit. In my <laughs> humble defense, it was because the, the, new, the new Gossip had Girl had come, come out. out. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, let me try it. Right. Like everyone else. I was like, let me, let me see. Hated it. Yeah. So then Fucking you went back to watch the old one. Hated it. And so I had to have a palate cleanser. I and I watched like, I think a season of the old, of, of the old one. And then I I didn't pick it up again because I knew I was going to rewatch it in the winter. <laughs> I see. Okay. So I'm very methodical okay. about my about my rewatching right. of television shows. Um, and then I watch Sex and the City throughout the whole like every year I watch it. <laughs> I'm never not watching Sex and the no, City. No, no, no. And that's unfortunately that's the reality of it yeah. all. Is that like whenever I don't know what to watch, Sex and the City. It's like, yeah. but but like my place in the sex and the city book basically it's like wherever the bookmark was that's where i'm that's where i pick up from Got i don't it. i don't just like pick an episode and go like oh what's my favorite no it's where i am in the timeline mm-hmm. and that's what happens but anyway those are like the shows that i rewatch all the time okay a lot of the times it's truly just because i don't know the, they say that like when you rewatch shows like if you have a lot of anxiety to like rewatch shows because like you yeah. know what's gonna happen mm-hmm. i know what's gonna happen Every time. Every time. I could tell you now what's going to happen. It's good. It's good stuff. But um, I intersperse it all with like other new shows that right. I'm watching. Which, well, I will get you to watch Sex Education whatever. at some point. Just not now. Okay, fine. I, I, I think I, fine. I, I watched the entire, the entirety of the Skims or Skims. skims. Oh my God, I'm dead. You mean Kim. Skins? Skins. Ah! <laughs> I just bought a bunch of stuff from, uh, buy a bunch of them, I mean, two sweaters, but it was really expensive. <laughs> I mean, it feels like a bunch. <laughs> Um, I bought two like teddy bear sweaters from mm-hmm. Skims. So it's all, it's on the mind. It is. Um, but I, I have seen the entirety of Skins. So I almost feel like I don't need to watch Sex Education. It's n- not even kind of the same. <laughs> not even slightly So similar. it's not about a bunch of teenagers like in their sexual awakening. It is, but ah! Skins is entirely different. <laughs> so it's not about a bunch of teenagers in their sexual awakening? I mean- you- Are they British? Yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it's not the same fucking thing. <laughs> That's like me being like girlfriends is the same as Sex in the City. Different shows. Different shows. <laughs> what is girlfriends? Oh my god. <laughs> it's time to end. <laughs> uh, we need to end this now. Okay. As always, don't, don't sue us, Daddy Favreau. Favreau. Goodbye, Monica. Goodbye, Jessica. Goodbye.